You want to hear something really scary? <laughs> this is Lion Beckwith from the Army of the Dead. And if you really want to be shaking in your boots, wait until you get a load of these guys. From the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast, these guys are going to blow your mind. <laughs> what is this? It's a goddamn zombie tiger. That's crossing the line. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist. It's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast, powered by the Big Three Roll-Up. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. I really appreciate all y'all's support. Uh, before we jump into tonight's film review, I just want to ask everyone who's listening, all the all the Don't Go Out There fans, uh, y'all just keep uh, Brother Mike in your thoughts and prayers, uh, send some good vibes to him. He, his mom's real sick, uh, y'all just keep her in your prayers. Uh, we love you, Brother Mike, we're thinking about you. And before we jump into the film review, I just want to give a quick shout out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. You can find all of our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, links are all there. And if you just search for that on those platforms, you'll find us. We got all of our episodes, our interviews, our store. All the good stuff is on our website. And we recently re- uh, launched a Patreon-type deal called Blood Donors. It's got all different tiers. Y'all just check that out because we get so many people asking how they can help support us. That's a great way. Hey, sit back for just 10 seconds of your time and let me tell you a little bit more about this Blood Donor thing. Um, so we've launched this new Patreon-esque campaign. It's called Blood Donors. Um, yeah, yeah, I love the name of that, by the way. Um, but we, we've created five donor tiers. Look, it gives you the opportunity to earn different perks with donations in exchange for you helping us keep the lights on. Um, you know, you can earn T-shirts, autograph pictures. Um, you can even join us on an episode of your choice. Please do not pick Halloween 3 or Jason X. But uh, any donation goes straight to helping us with web hosting, SoundCloud hosting, guest procurement, you know, just things like that. You know, we, 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 we have some of the best loyal listeners. Uh, we don't take that lightly. We love each and every one of you. Can't believe every day that we get to do this. This is a dream come true for us. Just go to don'tgooutthere.com, all one word, don'tgooutthere.com, and click donate. And oh, yes. There will be blood. Uh, tonight we're taking on a very, very, very new movie. It just came out last Friday. Uh, Army of the Dead by Zack Snyder. This is going to be a fun review. Uh, this is fresh. This is new. This is hot topic. Uh, Brian, you want to kick us off with your general overview, man? Yeah, it probably goes without saying, but here we are. We're going to say it. We are reviewing this movie, so we are going to spoil every single aspect of this movie. It is a movie review. So go watch the movie if you haven't seen it. Come back and listen to it later, but don't send us comments saying spoiler spoiler alerts because we're telling you right now. 
Um, but as far as I go um, on this, you know, I, I've said on here many times, I'm definitely a Zack Snyder fan. I love just about all of his movies. Um, his 04 Dawn of the Dead, I've also said my favorite zombie movie ever. Um, and I'm a zombie genre fan. I mean, the fast running zombies, though, though, I, I think I've said that before, too. And I've been keeping up with this Army of the Dead since I've heard about it. I mean, shit, a heist film under the guise of, of zombie apocalypse. I mean, sign me the fuck up. That sounds amazing. Um, very much so looking forward to it, to say the least. And and maybe maybe that's part of my problem, you know, maybe because I had such high expectations, um, too high expectations for it, obviously. Um, and, you know, maybe in hindsight, I gave Snyder too much credit for 04 Dawn. You know, maybe maybe it was James Gunn's script uh, because, you know, Snyder had full control over this one. You know, he wrote it, directed it, even acted as a cinematographer. I mean, this was his baby. And, you know, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this kind of goes back to my point that I've said before, too. You know, I, I call it the, the David Goyer, Blade, Trinity, George Lucas effect. Like, you don't need to be the writer and director. I think that you need to have a check and balance. You need someone to check that script or, or make some changes on the fly. Um, you need someone to tell you your dialogue sucks in places like this one. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the mistakes Snyder made here for sure. Um, you know, in any way we can get into it. It's way too long of a movie, so we have plenty of time here to talk about it. Um, and I'm frustrated with it, if you can't tell. Um, you know, there are some good aspects. But again, overall, I'm just I'm just. I'll go next. Uh, like Brian said, this movie is way too long because uh, you. It, it's really hard just getting through the the first act. Honestly, the whole assembling the team when you finally get into Vegas, it takes a little while to get get things going. Uh, I thought I thought the action and a lot of it was fun. It was cool, but I th- also thought it was kind of over the top in some of it. Um, I thought the acting was just okay at best i mean i thought some people did a great job then i thought others are just meh uh yeah i mean i'm not the biggest zombie fan i mean i just thought this movie was okay honestly i don't think i'd ever rewatch it but i didn't think it It definitely wasn't the worst movie i've ever watched uh, for this show no doubt about that uh but i'll get into more of it later uh dustin what'd you think um yeah I'm not the world's biggest Zack Snyder fan like uh, Brian is, but I'm also not the world's biggest Zack Snyder detractor like most of Twitter is. Um, I'm I, I like him. He's he does a good job in a lot of things he does. It's just this movie is not it, Chief. Um, if I'm being honest with you, it took me four times just to make it through it once, and because I'd watch it and then would just lose my interest. And then I'd look up and be like, oh, shit, I don't know what's happened in the last 20 minutes. I better start this over. And, or I'd be watching it and then I'd get sidetracked because I, it just wasn't holding my attention with the dialogue, with the drawn-out opening act. And I'd be like, I'd lose uh, focus and be like, I'll just restart this later. I don't really care about it right now. That's how I felt through the most of the movie. Now, the action does pick up, but it's that over-the-top cheesy action that I don't really care for. If I were to use Sylvester Stallone to describe how I like my action films. I prefer Rambo over the expendables. This one is much more the expendables. I I told you guys that in our group text, like this movie, the action really felt like one of the expendable movies to me. It's just a little bit too over the top and cheesy for me. As far as you must mean, you must mean Rambo one because Rambo three is pretty cheesy. Yes. First blood. Um, (laughs) 
but but even then, I mean, even then might be cheesy, but it doesn't have the. Uh, and we we'll get into it when we get to the scene by scenes. But there are certain shots in here, the way that it's filmed, it's just like way over the top and unnecessary. Uh, more explosions than every film Michael Bay has ever made. Uh, it's just it's a little bit too much for me as far as, and there's and there's too many. Too many subplots going on. I feel like uh, it just yeah, I agree with that. a lot going on, but none of it was good enough to hold my attention. And the the bad thing about it is, one of my co- coworkers, we were talking about this movie. I told him we were reviewing it, and he said, "Oh, I haven't watched it yet." He's he's so looking forward to it. He said, "What do you think?" And I told him I was disappointed. And I told him I said, "Man, I've tried it three times. I still haven't made it through it." He said, "That's so disappointing to hear because this movie has three of my favorite things in the world." Batista, Las Vegas, zombies. I'm in. And honestly, that's how I felt going into it. I love Batista. I love Las Vegas. I'm a big zombie fan. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, I was I was disappointed in it as well. Like you said, Nico, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's definitely one that uh, will make its way to the bottom of the pile as far as movies I'll rewatch again, though. Just because if I want to kill two and a half hours watching a movie, I'm going to watch something that captivates me, not something that is going to just be background noise. And I emphasize noise because, <laughs> goddamn, this is a loud movie. Uh, I'm going to ask you all a quick question, too. Did you all feel like there were some obvious references to a couple other movies? More yeah. than obvious. I got I got a lot of them written. Yeah, I, I kind of thought the Batista and the daughter was like a train to Busan relationship thing, too, but I don't know. Uh, we'll get into it, though. Y'all ready to jump into scene by scene? Any more opening thoughts? The film starts with the army transporting this steel. And I kind of condensed my notes a little bit because this movie is two and a half hours long. So if I miss anything, y'all will touch on it. Film starts with the army transporting this steel payload. We meet this newlywed couple. Uh, you know, they're happy, living life, taking, taking pictures, singing in the car. One soldier asks another if he knows what they're transporting that requires so much security and firepower. Back to the married couple's car, and she starts to give him some roadhead. He starts to dr- uh, drift into the other lane, and this annoyed me so much. Then the soldiers can't see these headlights beaming at them, and they swerve off the road, and the car hits the truck carrying the payload. The payload flies off the trailer onto the road. They call the mothership and say they need assistance ASAP. The payload opens, and a soldier approaches slowly. Mothership tells the lead soldier to get away from there immediately. A zombie emerges and attacks the soldiers, killing them swiftly. The two truck drivers run off into the desert. They hear growls and pause to look around. One guy falls, and as he gets help up, he gets helped up. He's tackled by the zombie and has his lower jaw ripped off. The zombie grabs the other soldier as he shoots him and bites his neck, infecting him. They walk to the edge of the cliff, and we see a beautiful shot of Las Vegas. Now Viva Las Vegas plays as we see opening credits roll and zombies attacking people in casinos and on the streets. We meet our stars of the movie in some action sequences, killing zombies. We see zombies being killed by planes, dropping bombs on them, and crushing them with more steel payloads as they walk off Las Vegas city limits. Now we're in Lucky Boy Cafe, and Scott is whipping up some burgers as the news talks about the outbreak in Las Vegas, and the president's plan to drop bombs on the city on the 4th of July. Tanaka, a rich Japanese man, shows up and tells Scott of $200 million stashed in a vault, and he wants Scott to put together a team to get the money. If he gets it, they get $50 million, and Tanaka leaves, telling him to think it over the night 
and they give him a copy of the blueprints in good faith. Scott rolls out the blueprints, and he watches some political TV as he eats dinner. Now we're at a survival camp, and Kate and Gita walk around, and she asks Kate to promise to protect her kids. Gita wants to join Lily on an expedition to break into the city and get enough money to get her kids out of Barstow. Cummings, a cop, questions the ladies as they somewhat argue. He says the first sign of infection is belligerence. He now temperature checks them, and he, and he offers Kate a perverse way of checking her temperature. They both pass the test, and Kate walks away. Gita tells Kate to relax. He can make them disappear with no effort. Gita walks off as Kate takes one more look at Lily. Flashback to Scott watching his zombified wife banging on Kate's door. He has to kill his wife by stabbing her in the head, and Kate is horrified as she opens her bedroom door. Scott wakes up from the painful nightmare. Scott calls Tanaka and tells him he's taking the job and to be at the address he's going to text him at 4 p.m. tomorrow and to form his team. All right, Brian, go ahead, brother. There's a lot there, but that's the two opening scenes for you. Um, I, I thought it was a good little open. Uh, I think there's a lot of action here. Um, but honestly, I personally started out frustrated as hell because I thought, why are we having another, you know, an origin? Like, why are we not just staying in the same universe as Dawn of the Dead 04? Um, apparently Snyder said that this story to him needed an origin. So he just kind of said, well, I'll just put it in a separate universe. And to me, that's so frustrating. Um, but anyway, you know, also this little opening sequence, apparently uh, Snyder said was one of the most challenging sequences to, uh, to film, um, you know, where the soldiers first encounter Zeus uh, apparently took five weeks to shoot because Snyder wanted to kind of shoot it at dusk and natural light. So that's just a little fun fact. Um, I do love the, the little Viva Las Vegas score over the montage of everything just going to hell. Um, a Snyder trope I really do like. And, and, and like all of his movies, I, I think just amazing visuals and cinematography I thought was elite in this one. Um, that's definitely something that I can say about this. The, the carnage candy, as you can say, is, is almost unmatched. And it's just, to me, it's amazing visuals to look, like, look at. Um, you know, I do like this little introduction to the cast the montage, the, the holding the family pictures. I thought that was very meta, very cool. I thought, um, another little fun fact, you know, two UFOs can actually be seen in the opening right there above, uh, area 51. And talking about homages, there's a bunch of them, but this like opening scene is a direct homage, almost shot for shot to uh, American werewolf in London. Um, you know, which, you know, we've done a lot of genres, but no werewolf movies yet. So we have to change that down the road here. Um, because American Werewolf in London is, is probably not one, if not two, um, of the best werewolf movies. But uh, a lot of great kills. But to me, that zombie just being blown to bits, uh, speaking of Rambo, by, by uh, what I assume is a 50 caliber was just incredible shot, I thought. I, probably my favorite kill right off the bat um, as far as zombies go. Um, just incredible visuals to me. Um, but, man, I, you know, we're 30 minutes into the movie here and, and not – not even through the credits. Um, but honestly, you know, if I didn't know the total runtime, I was okay at this point. Like the pacing felt okay. You know, you know, we get the plot early um, with Tanaka visiting Scott. So it wasn't drug out too much. Um, you know, and lastly, you know, like a lot of the dialogue in this, I, I'll point out here that, that Greta and uh, Kate dialogue, I thought was especially cringy to me. Um, oh, and Scott having to kill his wife. That was a pretty strong scene. You know, uh, but especially the way that it was shot, I was like, man, I just see it seems like to me it would be way easier to just shoot her in the head 
and have it be over with rather than drop the gun, take the time to have to stab her through the top of the skull. But hey, maybe that's just me. I'm just lazy. I don't know. Um, obviously, this whole thing is obviously a flip on the Dawn of the Dead intro where, you know, Anna has to escape her husband as well. Um, but again, you know, good little opening to me. Yeah, so I'm, I'm fine with the opening scene. I actually like how um, it goes back and forth between two vehicles. We're on the military and we see what they're going one way. We see the uh, the newlyweds, they're going the other way. I actually like the way that's shot. Like it, it keeps going back and forth between car to car. And uh, like I don't I don't know, that, that was done well. But man, I tell you, this is probably the worst publicity that Roadhead has ever received. They definitely need to hire a uh, marketing firm whoever's in charge of the roadhead division because women everywhere who see this movie are going to refuse to give it up in the car because they're now going to say it's hazardous and dangerous. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I love the the opening credit scene, the title card we get here. Like you said, I like how it's just, we get Richard cheese. That's the, uh, the artist that's singing that rendition of Viva Las Vegas. If you're unfamiliar with Richard cheese, look him up. He does, that style of, of music to some of the classic songs of all time, like uh, Down With The Sickness. He does uh, My Neck, My Back by Kai. Like, look him up. It's hilarious. <laughs> He's hilarious. And so I was, I was when I first heard that start, I was like, is that Richard Cheese? I had to pause it, and I looked it up, and it is. So shout out to him. He has a residency in Las Vegas. You can actually catch him live doing these songs. Um, anyway, sidetrack. It's weird to see Batista flipping burgers like that just felt forced. He's not a believable. I feel like a dude that looks like that is not going to be just working at some diner, especially when you find out that he uh, has done the things he does. Like he's a certified badass. And I don't know. It just didn't feel natural that he would be just flipping burgers like that. Um, and I don't like how the, the heist was introduced. I'll just be honest with you. I don't like Tanaka, which... I was watching this as a damn, he looks familiar. And that's because I just watched the new Mortal Kombat as well. And he's Hanzo in that movie. But um, I don't like how he just sought him out, found him and explained to him in the diner. This is what I need you to do. Here's the money. Go get it. Like that, that was a little bit cheesy to me. Like that's, that's lazy. That's every movie you've ever seen. That's how the, uh, the uh, heist is presented. Um, and then Boom. I said at the beginning, there's too many storylines. Here's another storyline. We get storyline number one. Batista's going to have to go in, and I'm going to call him Batista. I'm sorry. He's not, he doesn't look like a Scott to me. But um, he's going to be going in to steal the, mo- the money and assemble a, a, a dream team of Avengers. Okay, that's great. But then, boom, another storyline. We get Kate. We meet Kate, and we know that she's somehow going to be involved. But we don't know how yet. We just know that that cop is a fucking asshole. That's all we know from this scene. And that the dialogue is not going to be great all the way through because that was bad when he, right. The cop and like, you can convey that the cops are creepy asshole, but the whole, when he just starts yelling, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck. He said it twice. And it's just like, dude, all right. Like, I don't, I don't know that irritated the fuck out of me for some reason. And then last thing I have on this set of scenes is, uh, Scott. No, no. Batista, when he had to kill his wife, that's a brutal flashback. Like, do you automatically feel like, damn, okay, like, we can all imagine having to do that, right? Like, that would hurt to have to do. But it was really unnecessary. We don't talk about the length of this movie and how two and a half hours is too long of a runtime. That's something that could have been cut because that's something you can explain. 
when he meets up with Kate and we find out that Kate's not a fan of his, um, you could just say it in passing. I thought you hated me because I killed your mother. No, I didn't hate you because of that. You did what you had to do. I did it because you left and never came back. She says all that later. So we don't need this flashback, really, to make us empathize with Scott. We can already tell that he's going to be the protagonist. We're, we're going to cheer for him because that's just how he's presented. To me, this is a scene, that's a little 20 seconds, 30 seconds that could have been cut. All right, now we're at a mechanic shop, and Maria helps out a customer, and Scott shows up. I wrote, there's some awkward tension at first, but then she hugs him. They share, they share a beer, and they talk about the plan. She says it's a bad idea, but she's intrigued. They talk of the people they save, but why not do something just for us? They discuss their cut of the money, and they share a toast. Now we're at the pool where Vanderhoe helps the patient, and Scott and Maria show up. The three roundtable now discuss. Vanderhoe is confused if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Now we meet Peters. She's a pilot. She hates her job in life. They offer her $2 million, and she's all in. Doesn't even care if she'll die. Now Scott and Maria are outside a liquor store. We meet Mikey Guzman. They watch him on YouTube killing zombies. Guzman approaches him now and Scott asks him if he's interested in making $500,000 and he's all in. Now they show up to the safe, I've heard the safe cracker, and show him the blueprints. He explains the story behind the designs and he says he represents their best chance to crack the safe. His name is Dieter. Scott is getting his gun ready and we see Vanderhoe digging up this drum and he gets his giant saw out of it. Maria gets her guns as she strikes a pose with a pistol. They all assemble at the address from Tanaka, and Vanderhoe questions the locksmith, and Guzman brought two helpers with him, Damon and Chambers. Tanaka shows them the replica building. No flights going into Vegas, but there's a helicopter on top of the building. Now we see a quick montage of the team killing the zombies, and Dieter isn't sure how to kill them. Scott tells him it's simple. It's all about the brains. Tanaka continues on how they should execute the mission. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Damon gets cold feet and says he's out and tells him they're going to die. Martin shows up. He's Tanaka's head of security and tells him he's joining the team. Anything they need, tell him, and he has access to any hardware. Tanaka asks Scott how he's feeling, and he calls Tanaka insane. Scott shows up to the camp and asks Kate for her help. He says he can give her $15 million. She can do whatever she wants with the money, and there's I wrote, there's obvious tension with the, between the two of them over the mother's death. Gita and two other women enter Lily's tent and ask her if she'll take them in. Vanderhoe shows Dieter how to shoot a gun, and he does well, but leaves Dieter hanging on a knuckle tap. Maria tells Scott this better not be a way for him and his daughter to make up, and he says she's only here because she has connections in the camp. Martin hits on Chambers, and he gets shot down quickly. The crew makes it to camp, and they meet Lily. Kate leaves now and sees Gita is gone, but her kids are still in the tent. All right, go ahead, Brian. That's the next two scenes I got. Yeah. <clears throat> First off, I would like to say that I am not blind to the fact that Snyder loves to have his movies fall under the threat of nuclear explosion. Uh, Watchmen, Batman vs. Superman, this one. I'm sure he would have put a nuke in 300 if he could have. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, it definitely drug out some, but I do appreciate team movies, like you know when you get some character development, <clears throat> when, when you're putting together a team. Uh, maybe not this much character development, um, uh, a little tidbit though, when we meet Tig Notaro's character, who, by the way, she was, uh, digitally inserted this entire movie because of, uh, Chris D'Elia being booted off and, and I love Tig. So that that's welcome replacement for me, but, 
while she's scrolling through her phone when they first meet her, there's a little nod to the original 04 Dawn, apparently, like with a news story about an outbreak in Milwaukee, um, you know, where the first Dawn of the Dead was, uh, the first 04 Dawn of the Dead was, which, I mean, that does nothing but piss me off because this makes no sense now that you've stuck these in two separate universes, but okay. Um, I will say great job by the effects crew, though. By the way, you couldn't tell at all that uh, Marianne was Marianne. I'm going to call her Tig because Marianne sounds weird, but that she was digitally inserted anywhere. Um, a lot of this team, though, I wasn't invested with, like the whole movie at all, uh, because honestly, because of the char- the actors and I guess the characters themselves, like some I just didn't buy as, you know, badasses. I mean, I needed like a, a Katie Sackoff type. You know, Tig was great, but I needed like less Selma Hayek type and more like Katie Sackoff, if that makes sense. Um, not that I have anything against Selma Hayek, but she just doesn't, she's not as badass as I would have liked to have seen in a team like this uh, to make it believable. Um, you know, why? I would like to point out though that uh, T. Gilmore's Bad Moon Rising uh, cover I thought was tremendous here in this group of scenes. Um, I did write that it kind of felt forced having uh, Vanderos uh, like instantly not like. Uh, Safecracker, uh, Dieter. I, I mean, I mean, there wasn't any reason for it. It just kind of felt out of place to me. And I think the whole reason for it was to have a an arc, you know, based on how they end their relationship and, you know, he sacrifices himself for him and that sort of thing. But I just, I, I never bought it. Like it just, it didn't feel, it didn't feel right to me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll make another, since they referenced the movie so many times, but, you know, you spend way less time with all the, the Marines in Aliens, but yet you care way more about them than you do these guys that you spend at least 45 more minutes with. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's just their, maybe it's the way that's written both, um, everything all together, I don't know. But um, I will say, I thought it was funny with the voiceover of them entering the city when Tanaka says, you know, you'll reach this strip in less than two hours. And I said, funny, you don't watch this movie in less than two hours, but yeah. Which, like I said, I, I don't mind long movies. I really don't. Uh, I think there's some people who see a runtime and kind of balk at something like that without really giving it a shot. And that's not me, truly. But when when they don't need to be that long, I have an issue with it, and I'm going to talk shit about it. And so, you know, I'm I'm going to say it more than once. Um, lastly, I, the one guy who quits the uh, the Jesse Pinkman lookalike. I want to, you know, I wanted to see Tanaka's head of security right there shoot him, like just shoot him dead right there. Because, I mean, now that dude knows the plan. He just runs off. What's to keep him from telling someone you're about to do something blatantly illegal, um, you know, or maybe, you know, trying to do something himself? I don't know. It seemed like a security risk to me. Um, again, to, to totally agree with, with Dustin, this group of scenes is another one that just kind of drug on a little bit for me. Uh, you, you added way too much to the runtime here that you didn't need. Uh, I appreciate it, and it's to me, it's some of the best parts of the movie. But uh, you got you got two and a half hours, and it needs to be at least you know at least two. Um, so just just saying that. So um, that's all I got for that. Yeah. So my first set, my first thought on this set of scenes is when we meet Maria. I was like, holy shit! It's Sister Encarnacion from Nacho Libre, and it is. <laughs> it's Ana de la Guerra. And I was I was pleasantly surprised at that. Shout out to her. Um, love Nacho Libre. Jack Black's the man. But the rest of the set of scenes, man, other than Peter's, which, by the way, I didn't know that she was uh, digitally imposing this movie until you just said that. That's incredible. I truly could not tell that. Um, 
but yeah, she her character's great. Peters is awesome, but the rest of this set of scenes, it felt like a scene, a set of scenes from Fast and the Furious when they were assembling a team for a heist, and that's that cheesy shit that I'm talking about. It's just like, come on, man, have a better way to get everyone together. I don't know. It didn't feel. It didn't feel as annoying when they assembled the Avengers. They made it work. This is like, it's way too drawn out. And I hate the voiceover thing that movies do when they're explaining the, the highs to everyone. But it's, it's not like a guy sitting in front of them explaining like they're this, it's a scene montage with the voiceover. I hate that. Um, maybe it's just because it's overdone in bad movies. Uh, also, another thing that I took away from this set of scenes was uh, Tanaka when he said "easy peasy Japanesey." I've never in my life heard that. Me either. <laughs> I said uh, the same thing, so I'm glad I'm not the only yeah, one. Yeah, and then uh, when he says, you know, Dieter did say, uh, "You're not supposed to say that anymore. It's easy peasy lemon squeezy." Peters did have a funny line though when she's like, "No, he can't say it because he's Japanesey." Like, <laughs> I chuckled. Okay, you got me. That, that's a, that's a good cheap laugh right there. Um, but this set of scenes, man, this is really where I lost it, lost interest a lot. I wasn't completely out by now, but I was just like, God, let's just get to it. Get to the action already. We we know that you, you're sending people into the pits of hell to steal some money. Let's just do that already. And so, uh, this set of scenes is one of my biggest gripes in this whole movie. Just how drawn out it is. Our Dieter questions the size of knife Vanderhoe gives him, and Kate storms back and punches Lily in the face. She asks why she took Gita in, and Lily says she wouldn't have taken her in if she knew she had kids, and she never came out, but she didn't see her die. Kate says, I'm going with the team, but Scott and her argue now. Kate strong arms her dad into going in with them, and he finally accepts, saying, You are never to leave my sight. He introduces her to the rest of the team. Lily recruits Cummings, the douche cop, onto the team by offering him twenty grand. He hits on Kate, and Vanderhoe takes his saw from him and makes him carry the gas cans. The team makes it in the city limits. We see what's left over of the Shambler zombies, all dried up and withered. Chambers and Guzman take a selfie together, and Martin acknowledges Lily's knowledge around the place. We hear loud growling, and we see a zombie tiger called Valentine walking around. The coast is clear as it walks away and Lily takes gu- Cummings' gun for a second. They get flirty for a moment, and she shoots him in the leg. If we want to go further, we have to make a trade, she says. She tells them about the alpha zombies. They're faster and smarter. She kicks Cummings, and they hear a screech. She's coming, Lily says. We see two alpha zombies show up now. The female alpha smells Cummings and looks on at the team. The male alpha starts to drag his body away. The female alpha backs away now as they drag Cummings away. Lily's theory is if you're bit by the original, you become an alpha. If not, you become a shambler. Kate wants to go to the Olympus to see if Gita is there, but Scott shoots the idea down. Peters Peters makes her pitch that she's second most important, and she tells them she doesn't trust Martin and that he should die. Cummings is in a room full of alpha zombies now, and they quiet when the lead zombie shows up. Lead zombie, his name is Zeus, but I'll get to that later. Cummings tries to talk try, Cummings tries to talk to him to no success. The head zombie shares an embrace with the female and puts his ear to, to her stomach listening to their baby. He throws his hands in the air victoriously and they throw Cummings into the pool after being bitten by the head zombie. The others jump in and hold him to the air. 
The team gets to a bunch of sleeping zombies and they mark a glow stick path as they march forward through them. Chambers tells Martin she doesn't trust him, so she gets behind him. Martin throws a glow stick in the middle of some zombies to throw Chambers off the path. She stands up, bumping into one, waking it up, but she kills it with a quick stab to the head. She starts to stab several of them, killing them. The last zombie falls to the floor with its arm landing on some like metal cooking pans. The pans fall to the ground, and Chambers and the team starts to shoot the awakening zombies. Chambers is surrounded, but is a real badass fighting them off. Martin seals off the door so Chambers can't get through. Guzman asks Martin where, where she is. Chambers breaks through a wall shooting zombies, and Guzman calls for her to run instead of helping her fight off some of the zombies. She tells him to run, but Guzman shoots the gas container on her back, blowing uh, blowing it up and killing several zombies. All right, Brian, that's the next two scenes. Go ahead. Um, I hated this whole opening here with Kate going. I mean, from her punching Coyote, which come the fuck on, uh, to the convo with her and Sky, it just it didn't feel natural. I hated every bit of that. Um, you know, it's just a subplot that we didn't need. Another one. Um, I actually really like Theo Rossi, who plays Cummings. Um, I think he's a great actor, and I think he adds a lot to his character in this film. Um, when I say I like him, though, I don't mean I like a rapist piece of shit. I mean like I like him being in this and what it adds to like the dynamic of everything. Um, on the flip side, I hated the character of Martin. Uh, I, I wrote down that he's a blatant ripoff of Wesker from Resident Evil, but you know what? He's He looks like Wesker from Resident Evil, and he has some traits, but he's a blatant ripoff of Burke from Aliens. I mean, his entire plot is, you know, being being from, you know, the, the, the company and trying to get an alien or a zombie out, you know, out of there to, to, to use it for financial gain. It's, it's exactly... It's a blatant ripoff of Bert from Aliens. Um, I don't mind Valentine. Uh, I just I, I just don't think that it looked very good to me. Um, you know, props to Marcus Tomina, the the VFX supervisor. Um, you know, for what all he had to do, and most of it was fantastic in this film. But I just the zombie tiger didn't impress me at all. It, it just it looked fake to me. Um, and and they even used a real tiger in different places with makeup, but. Every every time I saw it, it just it didn't to me it didn't look good. So I, I don't know. Um, you know, we're an hour plus in, and we're just now getting inside the city. Um, you know, I think we could have taken even more cue from Aliens, which is basically like I said, what we have here, and and, and cut down on that start, and you know, and gotten right into this action. Um, you know, th- there's definitely more I think that could have been cut, and we'll, we'll you know you know we'll say as we go. But I wanted to point that out here as well. Um, you know, and I'll say it now, I, I don't like the whole alpha subplot with the zombies and the hierarchy. I, I mean, it's just, it's different. I'll give Snyder that. Um, but I, I just, I feel like it's too Planet of the Apes. It's just, it's out of place uh, in my zombie movie, you know, I think. And it's just, you know, it's one thing making them a little smarter. And maybe you do, you know, have some that retain, you know, that higher brain function. I could buy that. But I think it's just too much in this. And again, it's too Planet of the Apes. It's it's too Game of Thrones. It's too White Walkers. And it's just not really what I'm looking for in my zombie genre. So, you know, the entire scene, you know, scenes with Cummings and, you know, the Alpha Horde, I think you can cut all that shit. Um, you know, plus for all the good, I talked about Rossi and, and playing a dick. I thought it was it was too much to ask of him to play scared and terrified. Um, which I'm sure is a hard thing to do. I'm not an actor, 
but I, I couldn't do it. But I, I didn't think it was well done here at all. I didn't think it was good acting. Um, I love Tig's line when she's talking about the roles of everyone and said, uh, I'm definitely more important than that guy. Sorry, I didn't know you were listening. That, that cracked me up. Um, lastly, I, I also I like the walking through like that whole hibernating zombie horde, um, you know, as far as building tension went. But I, I get playing homage to things. But Chambers entire sequence here um, is almost and even some parts are exactly shot for shot remake of Vasquez and Aliens right down to the red bandana. Um, you know, I just I, I didn't I didn't care for that. And you know, I had a. I had a lot less time with Vasquez and Aliens, and I cared about her character, to be honest, a lot more than I did here with Chambers. But, you know, that's all I had on that group. Yeah, so for, right off the bat in this set of scenes, we get, oh, yay, another storyline. So, so far, we have zombies, a heist, a fractured father-daughter relationship, distrust between some of the crew, and now a missing person from the camp. That's a lot of storylines that we're dealing with at once here. Um, I love, though, that once they get in there, uh, I love the sacrifice that they choose to make or that Coyote chooses to make because, again, fuck that cop. Uh, that, that was awesome. That was a, quite the turn, too, because he just thinks he's going in there for 20 grand. And then, boom, I'm shot in the leg. And I'm being sacrificed. That was awesome. And then I, I think that, Brian, I think we're actually, for us to be on the same page, I feel like with our over overview of this movie, I feel like we're very opposite ends of the spectrum on a lot of things because I love this revelation. We have two different kinds of zombies. Oh, fuck yes. Like uh, that's <laughs> zombie movies typically just have one kind of zombie. They eat humans. Like that's their only thing. I like that. We have the hierarchy. I like that. We have, you know, a queen that they're trying to serve. These zombies can have babies and they're actually cerebral. Fuck. Yeah. Sign me up uh, for that. God. Um, yes. See that, and I just want, I just want the eating brain zombies. Like, I just want them to run. That's all I want. I and, just run. And that's fair. But I feel like <laughs> this movie needed it because that's if we just had one kind of zombie. Uh, 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 yeah, anyway, we needed some way to make this movie just more uh, excitable. I guess I don't know. Other than just loud <laughs> explosions and gunfire. Um, this part really just fucking it drug ass though. I mean, the scene where they're walking through the dark, through the zombies, that could have been expedited. It just took way too long. Uh, Chambers, that whole scene where she just goes on the rampage, stabbing them in the head and uh, being all stealthy-like while she's doing it. It just, it was cool. She's a badass. She put up a hell of a fight. But it really could have been shortened and condensed. And But this, this scene does provide one of my favorite shots of the movie. And that's, uh, you know, when Chambers is going down and uh, my, my man, what's his name, Mikey, uh, shoots the gas jug. I like how the can- the cinematography there, how it went with it and just the explosion that we get. That part's cool. But overall, this set of scenes just, it, it drugs. Well, the team makes it outside and they make it to the casino where the money's at. Kate asks Lily, there's no way Gita is alive, right? Lily says, don't give up hope. She could be alive in the Olympus. Another guy she brought in escaped three days later. They find another set of blueprints so they know that they're not the first team to make this expedition. Martin says it's news to him. They divide up into squads to do different missions. Maria and Peters make it to the roof, and the helicopter is a piece of crap. Martin sees a tiger outside, and he says he hates it. 
He asked Lily if she shot that mother in the leg, too. If you screw me, two bullets between the eyes, she tells Martin. At the generator, Scott tells Kate, you know I loved her, but I had to do it. She tells him she hasn't talked to him in years because you ever, because you never showed up after and you weren't there. No calls, no visits, no comforting her. He says he saw her when he looked at Kate, and it hurt like hell. Maybe still they could have a life. Her go to college, and he have a restaurant and a food truck. She says it's a nice idea, but she spent so long hating you that she she just can't turn that off. They get the generator fired up and more Vegas music. Guzman, Vandero, and Dieter kill some zombies blocking off the vault. Dieter is lit that he kills some zombies. Then he uses the card to open the first barrier blocking the vault. He's in awe of it. We see some skeletons of grave robbers, and they screwed up the card readers. Vanderho blows up the uh, the next barrier as he tells the story of some time warp that that's them in some recycled time span. <coughs> Excuse me. Dieter sees the traps and Vanderho leaves on the elevator. The lead alpha zombie goes into a room to get one of the three women trapped. The two alpha zombies from earlier arrive and Martin shoots the female and entangles her. They shoot the male, but he, he manages to tackle Martin. Lily shoots it in the head, blowing its head up. Martin turns the female over and cuts her head off with like a wire, and the alpha zombie hears her screeches and drags one of the ladies out the room. Martin lied. He wants the head for his boss. This head can create a whole army of zombies, and that his boss doesn't care about the money. She tells Lily to keep her mouth shut. Vanderho dollies a zombie to try and use it to set off the trap, but it fails so they kill it as Dieter screams like a girl. Vanderho leaves to get another zombie. They microwave a hand and toss it and has the zombie play fetch. The zombie sets the two traps off getting shot with darts and now bullets. It survives then gets squished in between two slamming walls. Guzman walks off and now we see Peters trying to fire up the helicopter, but the engine sputters and shoots out a ton of black smoke. All right, Brian, go ahead. Um, I wrote, I wrote down on my notes is running out of bullets, like not a problem at all in this movie. I mean, I do, I do think in fairness, they do start running out of bullets towards the end, but holy shit, they have a ton of bullets. Let's just say that. Um, the exchange between Cody and, uh, like discount Burke or Wesker, I thought was horrible. Um, and I'm going to use that scene as like an inverse to the Scott Maria exchange about, about her mother. Um, I've seen a lot online, you know, criticism of Batista's acting in this and saying that he doesn't have the charisma of the rock, which I mean, shit, that's not fair. Who the hell does nobody. Um, so I don't think that's a fair criticism. I, I think there's a lot wrong with this movie, but I don't think Batista is really one of the things, honestly, that uh, I think the scene here is acted very well. Uh, actually, the dialogue uh, is not that was not very good, but his acting, I thought, was was perfectly fine. Um Dieter got on my nerves a lot in this group of scenes, and I, and I don't think he was meant to. I think he's meant to be charming. Um, I think they tried to write him a lot like Anthony Michael Hall's character, um, like in the John Hughes movies, and and maybe I'm off base there, but even the fact that he kind of looks like him some, um, that's what I that's what I kind of got from it, though. Um, either way, I thought he was super annoying, especially in this group of scenes. And this is where the movie kind of starts to really lose me. Um, me and Dustin kind of talked a little bit about this a minute ago, but like, look at Dawn of the Dead 04. I mean, you get a betrayal. Um, you get somewhat of a subplot, but it never takes a secondary seat to the zombies. And I feel like in this one, at this point in the movie even, the, the zombies are more than secondary. They're like third or fourth on the list of what's tried to be made important here. I mean, we have impending betrayal that we see coming a mile away. 
you know, a heist, which isn't much a one at this point, honestly, um, an impending alpha zombie subplot that, look, I don't need all this shit. Like, like I said earlier, just give me badass zombies like O4 Dawn or even 28 Weeks Later or World War Z. I don't need them yep. taking a backseat as the threat to me in their own movie. Um, you know, I, the zombie getting smashed by the walls. Oh, my God. That was some crazy eye candy. I thought that was fantastic. That was fucking awesome. I will give it credit there. Um, not sure I really needed the comedy there, but it's beautiful to look at anyway. Um, and lastly, I'm just going to leave you with this because I'm not sure if it was in this set or scenes of the last set um, when the lights came back on after the generator being, but it, it was supposed to have been this little fun fact. Zack Snyder cut a crude visual gag from the film that showed a male stripper with a huge penis that had a bite taken out of it because he thought it went a little too far. I'll leave you with that. Go ahead, Griffin. How do I follow that? Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this this part, this scene between Scott and Kate, which, you know, by the way, Mike's not here. Someone's got to step in and do it. Ella Purnell, call me sometime. Jesus Christ. Um, but this, this scene between Scott and Kate, this is all we needed for them. This is all we needed to, to describe and uh or get across their tension and the backstory that's what i'm saying earlier we didn't need that flashback that could have been something that they cut for the runtime because this right here is all we needed we know that he even if you just started watching right now you find out that he killed her mother he thinks that she hates him because of that that's not really the case so boom saved you a minute uh dieter man dieter cracks me up top three character in this movie uh how hype he was for killing the zombies and he's like yeah Who's not much of a zombie killer now? Like, I, I like that that part. Uh, he's the man. Um, the revelation of the newest storyline, it makes the most sense. But like you said, Jesus, another fucking storyline. So when I say it makes the most sense, like, ah, okay. That's why I wanted to go in. And this one is, yes, we could see the, the turn coming a mile away. But now it's like, okay, it, it all makes a little bit more sense now. Uh, wanting the zombie army and to control all that. Like, okay, I get it. The booby trap was fucking awesome. Like, I really liked that scene, how he knew there was a trap. They got to figure out what all the threats are and how to get past it. So they used the the, uh, the zombie as bait. And like you said, man, the walls crushing that zombie. That's that's one of my favorite. I almost had that as my favorite kill. Uh, it yes. it might end up being my favorite kill. I'm still undecided because that one was incredible. So, uh, but th this set of scenes, I, I, like it's picking back up more. So I can forgive how the last few scenes have drugged because I can see that we're getting somewhere. We're we're making a dent in where we're going. But uh, just an overall okay set of scenes here. Our right, Dieter and Vandero push the walls open and get to the vault. The team sees on the news that the bombing time of Vegas got moved up a full 24 hours, so they only have a little over an hour and a half to get out of there. Scott radios Peters to tell her about the timing the timing being changed, and she jokes about tanning in a pool and doesn't tell him how bad off the helicopter really is. The rest of the team show up, and Scott yells out and interrupts Dieter, messing him up. He says if he messes up again, it's locked forever. He says it'll take 30 minutes of silence to open the safe. Scott says they have an hour left. If it takes him 30 minutes, they have plenty of time. The lead zombie rides a zombie horse and finds his baby mama's decapitated body. 
He puts his ear to her stomach and lets out a roar. Scott and Kate find a fire egress, and he asks her about tofu recipes since everyone's going vegan. She closes the the egress, but not quite good enough. The team is counting some of the money, and Scott puts a big bundle in his vest. Dieter is in awe. He finally got the safe unlocked. He has Vanderhoe take the honor of spinning the wheel, unlocking it. Dieter pulls the safe open, and we see a ton of money. Guzman makes it rain, and they stand in awe, regardless of the time crunch they're on. They start to bag up the money. The Alpha lays the body of his lady by the pool, and he reaches into her body, pulling out their baby. And he roars when it turns like this shining blue to like just normal human coloring. He holds it to the sky. Maria tells Scott he's stupid, and she didn't come for the money. She came for him. She thought they could have something, but he left. He says he thought he fucked it up between them. He asks her if she's seen Kate, but no one has seen her. The zombies leave the Olympus and invade the city. Kate is hiding in an abandoned car, attempting to make it to Gita. The Alpha puts on his steel helmet. She runs into the Olympus after the coast becomes clear. The zombies invade the casino they're in. Maria says she'll come with him to find Kate. The elevator opens, and a zombie breaks Maria's neck, spinning her head around. He opens fire on them, fighting them off, and we get more of the team just watching one person fight. Martin says, this way out, and we see zombies crashing through the top of the elevator. Dieter and Vanderhoe go back for more money. The zombies fall through, basically trapping them, and Martin seals off the escape from the team. He jokes to Lily he tricked her twice, and he says he's going to kill the pilot and fly out of here. Scott uses the saw to cut through a wall. Dieter and Vanderhoe shoot at Zeus, but his steel helmet keeps him safe. Vanderhoe and Zeus begin to fight now. Zeus lays the smack down on him, tossing him like a rag doll. Zeus picks him up and goes to bite him, but Dieter hits him in the head and pushes Vandero into the safe, closing the door as he's pulled away to his death. And the next few scenes are ending. What do you think, Brian? Wow. Wow. A zombie father. Man. Jeez. Dude must have been. <laughs> <laughs> he, must, he must have been the walking dad. Okay. Anyway. All right. Let's 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 get it. <clears throat> all right. All right. All right. Uh, go ahead, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Um, anyway, um, I, I, all right. So first off, like having Dieter and it be like the final try on the safe until it closes forever, uh, a little too much for me. It kind of felt real. I was like, really? Come on. Um, you know, and I'm no safe cracking technician myself, but I've seen enough movies to know that you're going to need a stethoscope or something. And maybe I'm weird, but it kind of bothered me that the guy just put his ear up to the, uh, to the safe and just listened and was able to open that thing. Come on. Um, I just kind of rolled my eyes at that, but, uh, but then I told a walking dad joke. So, but this is, uh, this is something else, you know, and maybe it's just me, but the, the safe scene, it, it kind of just lacked the emotion. I felt like I should have had at that point. Like I felt like I should be breathing a sigh of relief. Like, you know, you've been on this journey with them and they're finally there, but I didn't have that. Like I didn't have, that sense of struggle up to this point. I didn't feel that with them like I should have. I don't know. The emotion just wasn't there for me. Um, and again, you know, I don't need to see feelings from my zombie. I didn't care for the zombie baby in the 04 Dawn of the Dead. Um, I said it then, and I definitely don't need it here. Um, at this point, if I'm being honest, the movie's lost me. Uh, is it bad? No. It's really not terrible and bad. It's just not what I want to see. You know, and there's just, there's just too much going on. Like, I don't, I don't care about Scott and Maria having a relationship. I, I don't 
care about the alpha zombies and their stupid ass baby zombie. I just want to, I just want to see like a final escape attempt, a final stand against the just zombies who are enough of a villain in my opinion, like throw a zombie tiger in there. Okay. All right. I'm good with that. But I just want simplicity. Like I said earlier, and I, I don't have it. And at this point, I'm just kind of frustrated with the thing. I mean, the entire zombie alpha leader on horseback, this whole thing looks exactly like the White Walkers from the Game of Thrones. Um, you know, something, you know, you saw for multiple seasons if you watched it, and it looked better, honestly, than this. Um, something positive that I will say, I thought it was fantastic CG. Great visuals there. Um, I thought it was fantastic choreography with the with the action and the fights. Um, I will say that that is definitely a positive. Yeah. So, you know, this set of scenes, Hey, we get the safe open. Finally, what we were told was going to happen in the first 30 minutes of the movie has finally happened. Um, and then, you know, the fucking gross baby scene, congrats to Zeus and the alpha queen for giving birth to world war Gen Z. Huh? Huh? But you know, <laughs> I agree, Brian, what, what I said earlier about, uh, Hey, zombies can have babies. Immediately regretted it right here. <laughs> like now, I was like, it seems like a good idea at the time. Cool, zombies can have families and everything. But now, when I see it come to fruition, I'm like, nah. You know what? Fuck that. I don't. I don't want that. I'm fine with the uh, cerebral uh, zombies and you know Zeus wearing the steel helmet. I think that's awesome. Zombies realizing what kills them, and he's found a way to not die. So uh, I like that aspect. But I don't need family life. And then, damn it, Kate. Damn it, Kate. <laughs> Scott told you, if you're going to come along, you, you got to stay by my side. And then what you do, you go and sneak off. I get it. You're running out of time. But you really think your best chance of survival is by yourself? Really? Dumbass? So uh, that was an annoying as hell. And then, uh, hey, it, <laughs> I feel like uh, West Coast Customs designed this movie. Yo, dog, I heard you like storylines. So we put a storyline in your storyline. Oh, Scott and Maria have a backstory too, and he's trying to fix that relationship as well. Jesus, man. But I will say, I will say, I did not see that coming when her head got turned backwards. <laughs> like, like, holy shit. Of all the, like, okay, I kind of feel once I watched it, once I made it to this part the second time, I could see it coming because, uh, oh yeah, they hit the elevator button and she's got her back to the elevator. It's kind of like what we talked about, I don't know, what was that, a couple weeks ago. We said, I hate it how in horror movies, they go inside, they close the door, and they lean up against the door that the killer's on the other side of. Same kind of thing. You have an elevator. You don't know what's coming down that elevator or up that elevator. You probably shouldn't put your back to it. But when the elevator door is open, okay, she's probably going to die. But I did not expect – actually, I guess she was facing it because after this, her she was facing Scott, but her boobs, her body was still facing the elevator. But anyway, regardless, holy shit, that was awesome. Um, and then, you know, we get the showdown between Zeus and uh, and uh, my boy Dieter. And, you know, why did he lock him in the safe? I was really confused by that in Washington. Why, why, why he locked Vanderhoe in the safe at the moment. Um, yeah, I get that. You but at the same time, <laughs> like, you trapped him forever. There ain't no food right, in there. Exactly. <laughs> like, I would rather take my yeah. chances fighting these zombies and have a chance of survival than to be locked in a fucking safe. A dark-ass safe 100%. at that. Hopefully there's some, like, 
trigger inside that'll let him be able to get out. Yeah, right. He does, but uh, spoiler, we'll, we'll get that in a minute. But at the time, I'm like, wait, what? The, what the fuck? What? Like, I rewound it, and watched it. Like, did he just lock Locked him in the safe with no explanation? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's fucked up, my man. I mean, I get it. You're trying to do him a solid. I don't want you to have to get eaten, so I'm just gonna let you starve to death in the dark. What All the right, fuck? This is the ending. All right, go ahead. <laughs> hey, oh, can I just can I just say before you do that that I thought that the Kate like going to the Olympus was a fucking stupid side plot. Like, if that was your actual yeah. family, okay. Like, but come the fuck on. Like, to me, like we're not emotionally invested at all with with, and I don't buy that she's emotionally invested with these people enough to be like, you know, you're going to sacrifice your well, your life, yeah. your dad's life, everybody's life that you care about for some people that aren't your family. Like, I don't know. I think to could Well, and I think they more. tried to make us feel that way by stressing in the beginning, she's a volunteer. Like, she's there to help those people. And that's the whole reason she had to come along on this excursion is because Gita's a mother. Those kids cannot grow up without a mother because she knows what it's like not to have parents. But she, even though she was good and grown when her parents' situation fell to shit, I, I think that they tried to make us care about that, but they failed miserably. Yeah, because, I mean, you could have just, uh, she could have been, okay, well, I'm going to raise the kids, and that that's the sacrifice that I'm going to make. Like, if you would have had maybe the kids get taken, you know, then that's a little bit more of a, okay, well, I can yeah. see you going after them, you know, and you know, yeah. I or. Just or like I said, you know that uh, you know you know where she's at. Allegedly, you know her last known location. Um, you might want to take your badass dad who has experience killing zombies and who can also Batista bomb a bitch off the top of Olympus if needed. Uh, yeah. But instead, you're going to go by yourself. <laughs> he got one pistol. <laughs> one pistol. And honestly, yeah. I think it, this one clip. Kinda, I think I said this in a previous movie, but. If you want us to care about Gita more, you should show her getting stuck in there too. I mean, the movie's already too long, but if you want me to care, yeah. uh, it was like Bone Tomahawk. If you want me to care about a character, I need to see the character getting kidnapped or something like. Yeah. Like I don't care about Gita. <laughs> no, no offense. All right, but here's the ending. Yeah. Martin makes it outside and notices something's up with the bag he took. It's got the money counter and not the zombie's head. And Valentine the tiger attacks him throwing him in the beams and slinging him around like nothing. He kills Martin by biting his head with its giant fangs, ripping his face off. Scott, Guzman, and Lily make a run for the elevator, but are stormed by tons of zombies. They shoot and fight them off repeatedly. <laughs> and Guzman, yet again, instead of helping, helping shoot, he just yells, let's go, until he's tackled and bitten. Scott and Lily mow more zombies down, and Guzman sacrifices himself, setting off several grenades attached to his vest. <laughs> and then, do do you really want to hurt me plays in the elevator as Scott and Lily escape. Zeus wanders the casino. Kate looks for Gita, and we see the zombie version of Cummings near her. Scott is pissed at Peters that the helicopter isn't up yet. Zeus makes it to the roof, and Lily holds, uh, Zeus, he, Lily holds Zeus off by holding a gun to Zeus's queen's head. Scott makes it on the helicopter, and it takes off. Zeus throws a metal beam through Lily, pinning her to the wall. Lily drops the queen's head over the side of the building, causing it to explode on impact. Scott tells Peters they have no money, and they have to save Kate at the Olympus, and they only have nine minutes. Kate finds, Ge Kate finds Gita and embraces her. Zeus rides his horse back to the Olympus. Scott tells Peters she better not screw him. Kate leads Gita and the other lady out of the room. 
Scott enters the building for Kate. Cummings grabs the other the other lady with her, biting her throat. Kate shoots at him, and Scott runs to the gunshots. Kate kills him, but sees Zeus at the end of the hallway. A bunch of zombies run towards Kate, and she shoots him down. And like Brian said, this pistol has more bullets than I've ever seen. She uses her last bullet on Zeus's steel helmet. Scott makes it to them, launching a grenade and blowing <laughs> Zeus down a hallway. They make it outside, and Peters is gone, but the helicopter shows back up. They take a little too long to board the helicopter, and Zeus shows up to the roof. The helicopter takes off, but Zeus jumps on board. Scott and Zeus fight. Scott accidentally shoots Peters in her shoulder area, I guess, somewhere. They make it out the city limits, and Zeus breaks Scott's arm. He drops the gun, and we see the missile heading to Vegas. Kate finally does something and hits Zeus in the head with a fire extinguisher. Zeus bites Scott, infecting him. Scott shoots Zeus in the head, blowing his head to smithereens. The helicopter crashes when Peters loses control after the bomb surge. Tanaka sees on the news about the city being bombed and that they basically failed the mission. Kate survives the helicopter crash, basically scratch-free, and heads to Scott when she hears him coughing. She tells him it's not so bad and it wasn't that deep. He makes one more food reference about his food truck. He then hands her the stack of money he stashed away and uses it to get Gita's kids out of camp. He tells her he's proud of her and he loves her and that he's a coward. She tells him he's the bravest man I know and I love you so much. He looks at his daughter and finally starts to become a zombie. Kate painfully has to kill her father. She tosses the gun and falls to her knees as a rescue helicopter shows up. Zombie by the cran- the Cranberries plays now. Hell yeah, movie over. Psych. Vanderhoe lives. He wanders the desert with the bags of money and yells for help. Vanderhoe makes it to Utah and asks to rent a private aircraft but is denied. He grabs a fat stack of money and an exception is made. He's on the plane now and he has the attendees take a toast with him. He falls over some and they tell him he doesn't look good and his skin is cold. They take him to the bathroom to wash his face and he looks in the mirror and sees he has a bite wound on his arm. The pilot says they're heading to Mexico City and they return to your seat. He looks in the mirror saying, fuck. All right, Brian, that's the ending. What'd you think? Um, mixed bag. The, uh, the the valentine eating you know martin i thought was kind of the the fight part i thought was terrible like the physics where he was just like picking him up by his calf but like the whole guy was bouncing up and down it was almost it was very obvious that my guy was on you know a rope it, it didn't even look good but holy shit great visuals yes. from the effects department yes. on his face being bitten and eaten off oh my god that shit looked amazing um <laughs> I'm going to be honest, though, all this fighting, I, you you brought up the Batista bomb <laughs> last time I wrote on here. All this fighting, I didn't see Big one Batista down. bomb. Like, come on. I mean, come on. You could have thrown that in there. That Of all the shit that you threw in there as, as homages, you couldn't have done that? Come on. Um, you know, I loved the elevator with the uh, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me playing. Definitely a part, you know, that I liked in 04 Dawn of the Dead, so I was kind of happy to see that callback for sure. Um, the dialogue I thought was awful. Um, when Coyote said one more step and I'll blow her head off. Yeah. Well, more off. Oh God. I was like, Oh my God. Um, decent visuals. you right there with the pipe going through Coyote, but I don't know. I kind of wanted to see a helicopter jump right there. Um, I wrote that and I wrote that before we get this, the helicopter jump from the alpha later. And I was like, Oh my God. You know, that's one I didn't want. So, um, that I had to specify that's a helicopter jump I wanted. I wanted coyote jumping in 
maybe hanging off and then maybe getting, you know, uh, uh, the bar thrown through. I don't know. But also, like, what incentive does Peters have to just go to the Olympus anyway with, like, no fucking money? Like, you know, he says, don't screw me again. Well, what incentive does she have? Like, it makes no sense to me. I don't feel like that they have the kind of relationship that she can will just sacrifice her life just to take you there and and do that. I just, I don't know. I didn't buy that. I didn't feel like there was enough character development there for me if you're going to have that happen. Or else have him have the money and, you know, okay, look, I'll pay you this money if you just take me there. Like, you know, now he doesn't have any money to give her. So she's just out of the kindness of her heart going to sacrifice her life when she could just leave. So I don't know. I didn't buy that. Um, I will say great visuals in the helicopter ending, but I honestly, I hated the whole thing even happening. Like, I think you just, I don't know, you have them getting away on the helicopter, maybe it crashing through that border wall with the bomb hitting, um, you know, the end, just have it showing some zombies like busting through it all and kind of being unleashed on the rest of the world and no longer being contained. And that's kind of the end, almost like a, Jurassic Park type ending, but like without it being happy and them surviving. I don't know. To me, this is just way mm-hmm. too convoluted, way too long of a drug out ending. Uh, I don't need any of this. Um, Ella Purnell, though, I, I will give her props. She did a great job of selling the whole emotional impact of having to shoot her dad, though. Great job there. I thought props to her. She did great. Um, all in all, just pretty much what my review, the ending, my review of the ending is pretty much my review of the whole movie. It was just, yeah. Meh. So, uh, I agree with a lot of what you said there. Martin's death scene was incredible. I I agree, you know, the the logic and the physics of his body flopping around the way it did and flying around like it did were eh, not as accurate as, uh, you know, as could be. But at the same time, we're watching a fucking zombie movie, so I guess we can let it slide. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, we're arguing a zombie tiger doing it, but still, like, it was enough that it yeah. took me out of it. And I, I agree earlier with what you said about this, the tiger. Like, it just looked fake. I agree with that. Um, the concept of having a zombie tiger is awesome, but it did look fake. I wish that they would have used a real tiger and then just digitally imposed some zombie effects on it because that would have been better. But instead, the, the whole thing looked fake. But you said it. The effects of the... The, the gashes and the cuts and the the mauling on the face and the blood squirt. Holy shit. The, the bite to the head and his head being ripped off by a tiger. Holy shit. The, the graphic or the effects department earned their money just on that shot alone. Uh, Guzman is such a badass. So I love the scene where they're running through the casino trying to get out. Like Guzman really won me over in that scene. But also I realized this might be our first bit of real tension in the movie is when they're running through the casino because the rest of it's like, yeah, there's some tense moments, but that whole scene's tense. We don't know if they're even, if these three are going to survive and make it out. One of them doesn't. And, uh, I, I enjoyed that scene. You know, they're trying to get through the casino. He's running across the tables. I enjoyed that scene. I thought that was a really good, good. I liked the way it was shot. I, I thought it was a good scene. Um, I agree up on the roof, like, damn, I'm going to blow your head off. Well, more off, that was some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard in a movie. Uh, and I like Rob Zombie films, so that's saying something. Um, <laughs> but the, the spear going through her chest, I laughed. I laughed my ass off. <laughs> like, <laughs> What was she hoping to accomplish anyway by 
you guys go ahead. I'm going to stay here. And then like, uh, okay, you're going to stay here, but what, what's your end game here? Are you just wanting to get nuked at this point? But, uh, Zeus throwing the spear and pinning her to the wall was awesome. And I did love the fact she just dropped the head as kind of a final fuck you to Zeus and the head splattering off the sidewalk was awesome as well. Um, we did not need the fake out, however, of Peter's being gone. Like, if Peter's going to be gone, Peter's going to be gone. But then Peter's came back, and she gives that whole, yeah. you know, somewhere between leaving your ass and coming back, blah, blah, blah. Like, I developed a conscious or whatever she said. I didn't need that. I thought that, that was just a poor excuse of uh, a way to get the helicopter off the side so that we could get the 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 jump um the jump yeah. scene but having no money is some bullshit like that actually pissed me off the fact that they made it out alive but they didn't they weren't able to get any money i agree with what you said there's no incentive for peters other than just being a good person to go to the olympus but peters we already know is money motivated that's she didn't even listen to the details of this mission right. She was in it for the money. So if there is no money, her only incentive is to get back out. So I agree there. Should have had some money, even if it's like I got one, I got $50,000. That's all I could carry. You can have it though. If you'll just take me to get my daughter, then okay. That's believable. He could fit. And, and he, and he showed later that he had some money, you know, he gave to her. Why not? Well, why? So, I mean, use that shit. Um, And then another beef I have. Zeus gets on the helicopter. Why at this point would Zeus not just bite everyone in the helicopter? Instead, Zeus is trying to fight and dominate when, at the, like, you're not going to win this fight at this point, or he, he, he does win the fight, I guess, but you're still a zombie. Like, why not just bite them and turn them at this point instead of trying to fight them? Usually, you know, I don't know. That, that irritated me. And But this scene was tough. I do like, Nico, how you described that. He shot Peters in the shoulder, I guess, or somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah, we didn't really see what happened. All we saw is gunshot, blood splatter, and the helicopter just doing a nosedive. But uh, when the helicopter actually crashed, Jesus, man, that's some brutal shit because we do care at this point about Scott and Kate's relationship, or at least I do, because we think, okay, this movie has been asked, but at least if. Batista can reconcile with his daughter. Like I have some something to feel good about. I didn't just waste two and a half hours. But no, they killed off my man Batista. What the fuck are you doing? And I like the the dialogue to get there when he's like, uh, lobster rolls. Who doesn't love a goddamn lobster roll? <laughs> like I, I thought that was funny. Uh, I like that little dad moment that he had there before. And then, like you said, she acted her ass off having to sell. You know, how brutal would that be? You watched your dad kill your mom, and now you've got to kill your dad. Like, that's tough shit. Uh, so I, I I thought that was really well done. But then it's like, damn, well, I guess Kate's going to either freeze to death in the desert in the night, or she's going to starve to death or die of heat exhaustion. It's like, shit, she's out here mar- marooned out in the middle of nowhere. But, uh, you know, find out whatever. The fe- The biggest issue I have with this movie at this point, though, is the false ending. Wrap this shit up already. Like, if you're going to do... I don't... Yeah. The scene itself was actually good. I liked the scene where he's like, I want to rent that plane. And he, we find out... he Not only did he survive, he got out of the safe. 
but he got some money and we feel good about it. But then uh, he's on the plane and he doesn't feel good. I like how she said, you're ice cold. It's like, oh shit, you know, he got bit. Uh, I actually liked that scene, but at this point I'm just like, God, can we just go home? Can we get out of here? But overall, the ending is exactly what I would expect out <laughs> but, of this movie. Kind of like something Brian brought up when we talk, when we did Train to Busan. Is like, how long does it take for these people to become zombies? Is it, is it this man drove to Utah, got on a plane, and just now got some side effects? I need some. I need some answers because because other because other, fo- other folks became yeah, zombies pretty and, damn quick. That's true. It was not explained. Yeah, I agree. Now I do think that. It might like what I chose to believe because I thought about that as well. But what I chose to believe was that his bite marks look like it barely broke the skin. So maybe that's what it is. Like maybe maybe it took it a while for the infection to sink in because it was a smaller wound. Whereas you know the people in the the military guys, for instance, that was very quick. But hell, that he was eating their necks at that point. So uh, maybe the severity of the yeah. bite. Yeah, and that's a process. good point. But hell, no but look at Batista's bite. He got a big chunk of meat ripped out. He survived a helicopter crash, and he had a moment with his daughter. So I don't understand how – I don't get it. <laughs> well, that's, that's because oh, okay. right. that's Batista. I guess, I guess they uh... – <laughs> he, walk, he walks for miles. If that's a wrestling reference, I don't know it. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. This is this entrance theme. Where's Mike when I need him? <laughs> yeah, I quit watching wrestling. He walks alone. I'm sorry. Um, any more? Any more okay. thoughts on the ending before we just jump into some fun facts? No, no fan questions or comments. And I guess people haven't watched it yet. <laughs> well, after if they listen yeah. to this before yeah. they watch it, I don't hey, know as long if they as we will. get our listens, I don't give a damn if they watch the movie or not. Uh, that's, that's true. I'll go ahead and exactly. read my quick fun facts. I only got three of them. <laughs> Uh, Netflix took over the project from Warner Brothers. Filming began in the summer of 2019 with a budget of up to $90 million. That's insane. Which at that time made it the most expensive Netflix production ever made. Uh, Dave Bautista turned down an offer to appear in the Suicide Squad in order to work on this film. And this is the last one I got. Director Zack Snyder said one of the most challenging sequences in the film isn't the most obvious. The opening scene where the soldiers first encountered Zeus took five weeks to shoot because Snyder wanted to shoot at dusk in natural light. It took five weeks of shooting to get the, the footage used in the final film with many technical elements adding to the challenge. Whew. I mean, Kubrick made uh, his actors do 80 shots, but five weeks? Good night. All right, y'all, y'all go ahead. I said all mine during the thing, but it is interesting to, see, to know that Netflix bought that from Warner Brothers, and we all know the relationship that Snyder has with Warner Brothers. So shit, it might not have ever gotten made had, uh, had it stayed with, it stayed there at WB. Yeah. So I just got a couple here that I, I snagged real quick. Uh, so first of all, the right next to the vault entrance is what appears to be five boxes containing film reels on a metal shelf. Uh, this is supposed to supposedly the Snyder cut of the justice league, uh, which was Zack Snyder had originally, uh, you know, it was just released on HBO Max recently, and Brian, I know, liked it a lot. Um, but then the last one that I wrote down was, <clears throat> at 148 minutes, this is the longest zombie film ever made, surpassing Dawn of the Dead 78, which ran for 139 minutes. Uh, Army of the Dead is also the third longest mainstream horror release behind It Chapter 2, 169 minutes, and Doctor Sleep, 180 minutes. 
since it's a Netflix streaming release rather than a theatrical one, the length is an issue because the studio and theater owners can't complain about it cutting into revenue by limiting how many times it could be shown in a day and therefore reducing ticket sales. Um, I wish this movie was released in theaters so that they could complain and we would have cut down on that runtime. All righty. Y'all ready to jump into our rating? I'll, I'll just go ahead and go first. Uh, my favorite kill, I picked uh, Maria's gnarly. Is it Maria? Maria, I can't remember. Maria's gnarly head snap and neck break. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, my least favorite, I chose Zeus because I thought the head, head explosion with the gun was corny. And Batista, I mean, it wasn't the same gun, and Batista just gets a little bullet bullet wound. I was like, whatever, man. All right. Uh, rating, self-admitted, not a huge zombie fan. Even though there were some new ideas introduced, I really I wasn't a fan of them. I agree with you, Brian. I thought the movie was kind of predictable, and I didn't care for what I think are the obvious uh, references. We've already talked about that. And the movie is way too long. I thought the tiger and zombie horse was kind of hokey. Uh, thought some of the acting was good, and some was just passable. Guzman was an idiot. Jesus Christ. Uh, I kind of was in the ballpark of Batista. wasn't terrible, but I didn't get the emotional connection. Uh, Vanderhoe and, and Dieter, I'm with you, Dustin. Dieter was one of my favorite characters. I thought some of the action was ridiculous, but a lot of it was fun and entertaining. I thought the movie looked good for the most part as well. And big shout-out to Omari Hardwick and Hiroyuki Sonata, Carl from The Guardian, and Kenji from Rush Hour 3, the greatest trilogy of all time. In conclusion, this movie is just okay. Hey, I'm, I'm doing my rating here, guys. Oh Come on, God. man. Slander me later. Oh <laughs> In conclusion, this movie is just okay and would be a lot better if it were like 45 minutes to an hour shorter. And I, I gave it a five and a quarter as I just can't see myself rewatching it again. Yeah, I, I'll go ahead and go. Um, I mean, I, my favorite death um, – I, I actually picked uh, Martin for the human death, but uh, the zombie death, I definitely went with the 50 cal uh, zombie at the start. Um, shout out to the uh, wall crushing the zombie kill. Um, I thought that was awesome. My least favorite was actually Maria. I, I, that's To me, it just, I don't know. And maybe maybe I missed it. Maybe it wasn't as surprising to me. I don't know. It's just like sna- the next snap I thought was uh, it was just, it was all right. I mean, I don't know. I, I wanted to see more gruesome. I don't know what I wanted to see out of it. Um, it just, to me, it just didn't hit right. It was the same. Um, you know, I, I've said how I felt about this movie the entire way. Too many plots. Um, you know, I mean, props to Snyder for trying to do something different. I just don't, I, you know, in some, if it was the same, I may complain that, oh, well, he didn't do enough different. I don't know. But I, I, I wanted to see more zombie movies unless this, which I felt was almost Game of Thronesy, you know, like I said. Um, like I said, I props to him for doing something different, but is it what I wanted? No. Um, you know, I liked over about half the movie, so that's how I kind of rated it. I liked over half the movie, so it was about five and a half. That's what I gave it. Um, a far cry from the almost nine that I gave uh, 04 Dawn of the Dead, which is why I think I was so disappointed. Um, you know, and this is... We've been at this point, you know, I don't know. It depends on when you're listening to this this show. But at this point, you know, we've been oh, a year almost without going to the theater. Um, I know that Nico and and, and uh, Mike uh, saw Spiral last weekend. But this is the first one that I movie I've really seen um, a new release. And I was really looking forward to this one. Like 
really ba- and, and so i have a lot of movies coming out that i'm really looking forward to this is not a good start for me yeah brother you were really looking forward to this because you're such a Zack snyder loyalist but um, that's fine that's fine that's, yeah. and yeah, and fine. a zombie guy and a Zack snyder zombie guy so it was yeah just, i uh, got you so my thoughts on the movie like you said i pretty much laid mine on the table during the review it's too damn long dialogue wasn't great um it was a waste of batista without seeing the batista bomb I really think that Zack Snyder should have called Rob Zombie for wow. help on the dialogue. That's how bad it was. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I get trying to do something different, but at the same time, don't do not do something that you can't. You have to, you have to be self-aware. I don't feel like he was. Um, the, it was too damn long. And I don't want to, like you said earlier, Brian, a lot of people do – look at a uh, runtime and that t- deters them. They don't want to watch it or they go into it with a negative mindset. I'm certainly not that kind. My favorite trilogy is the Godfather trilogy. And if I want to bro- block off 11 hours of my day to watch all three movies in one sitting, I will do that occasionally. So it's not a runtime thing. And I love Scarface. I love uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. So, runtime is yeah. fine when it's fine. This just... This just wasn't it. Right. You felt right. the two and a half hours. It really weighed on you when you're watching it. Um, right. But, but I mean, you agree, you agree that yeah. some people would just see the runtime. And yeah. Say, I'm not fucking watching that. And that, you know, I, and that's just right. not me. me either. I'm not that type of person, which I mean, you're not. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to clarify though, because I don't want listeners to think that I'm one of those people because I, I'm certainly not. I will watch a long movie open. You go into it open-minded. That's fine. Uh, especially when, that has Batista in it. I like Batista. I thought his acting in this movie was fine even. It's just uh, the movie overall just just wasn't it. Uh, as far as favorite kill, I went with uh, Martin's death by Tiger just because of the effects of him get his, you know, his mauled flesh and the blood squirt. Um, that was awesome. As far as my favorite zombie kill, I didn't know we were doing one of each, but you gave me the idea, so I'm going to do that. Definitely the the <laughs> One that got squished in between the walls. That was awesome effects. Uh, my least favorite kill was Scott because I didn't want him to die. And it was a damn painful death to watch, right? Like, he's the one that got everyone in this shit. He's the one that got so many people killed because he recruited them to go on this mission. And then he ended up having to get killed by his own daughter. Like, that shit's sad. Uh, I didn't need sadness in this movie. Um <laughs> My least favorite, uh, my least favorite zombie kill was Zeus because my man just went out like a bitch in a, airplane, a helicopter crash, uh, John Denver style. Like I just, I wanted to see him have a brutal diet. Brutal. Well, I guess not. I guess his head got blown off, so that's unfair. But uh, that whole showdown was a little bit anticlimactic for my taste. Overall, though, this movie certainly did not feel like a horror movie to me. It felt felt like an action movie the entire way with some comedy elements sprinkled in and then, Oh yeah, there happens to be zombies. That's a fail on the studio's behalf. That's not a fail on, or Zack Snyder's behalf. That's not a fail on, uh, you know, that's not me knocking the movie for being picked because going into this movie, I think, okay, we're going to get some scary shit for a horror podcast. I hope it's at least borderline tense. That's what you look for in horror movies is tension. Didn't have enough of it. So, uh, I went with (laughs) four and a quarter for my rating. I know that's lower than you guys, but this is this movie. Um, 
I'd rather watch Bones. So that gives our composite rating between the three of us. Wow. <laughs> as a uh, 5.08. I think net, uh, Netflix, Jesus. IMDb is at a flat six, I think, right now. Like, I, didn't, I didn't look at how many reviews, but I think it's just a flat six. Yeah. There are flat six out of 75,801 reviews. I just submitted mine. I rated, you can't do decimals on it. So I submitted mine as a solid four. So uh, hopefully that brings it down a little bit. Man, and I, I agree with you. I'm definitely not, uh, you know, just a, a runtime, you know, hater or nothing. But I remember use, I remember pausing it to go use the bathroom. And I was at like 47 minutes in. And I was like, I still got a whole movie still to watch, and I've already watched 47 minutes. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. <laughs> I did the same thing. I did the same. Well, I didn't do the exact same thing. What I did was one of the times that I realized I'm not going to make it, I need to just turn this off and restart it. When I fired up my next Netflix the next day, I was like, holy shit, I, that's all I made it through? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, damn. I feel like this movie was longer than the <laughs> pandemic. Man, uh, you ain't joking that. <laughs> it was long for sure. Uh, it. <laughs> hey, the last thing I wanted to say is that I got PTSD from when Martin climbed up on that um, uh, queen zombie or whatever she was and started pulled out that like wire thing and started sawing on her neck. I got PTSD from audition. Oh my god! I was like, "Oh my god, that movie is so terrible!" It was just—it was made me cringe. I'm glad you guys did that movie before I came aboard because I will never watch it because of you all. Thank you for being good friends. I want, don't I don't watch it, man. So it sucks. Uh, any more final thoughts before we just give a shout out to our blood donors and uh, announce our next pick for next week? Alrighty, uh, let's give a big shout out to our blood donors, our legendary blood donors, Miss Joe Swinford. Who joined us for an episode of Disturbia? What was that? That was last week. Y'all need to check that episode out. It was fun. Uh, Mr. Sean Irwin, he hates all my movies, and I think he might hate Brian's movies too. I don't know. Just judging on their Twitter interactions. Uh, Mr. Matt Sears, Miss Shan Petrusevich, uh, our most recent legendary blood donor, Miss <laughs> Michelle Mirza. She'll actually be joining us next week for our next film review, and she chose uh, From Dust Till Dawn. Looking forward to that movie. I've never seen it, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And she's also in contention for number one fan. Michelle shows us a lot of love. I'm looking forward to her joining us for uh, for a movie that I'm actually partial uh, to. Shout out to our Dream forward. Warrior level blood donors, Miss Tasha Reed and my man Hunter Nelson, and camp counselors, Mickey McCrane, and my man Jared Summers. Uh, we really appreciate y'all's support. It means a lot to us. And uh, y'all got any more final thoughts before we get out of here? I don't think so. No. Thank you to all those who donate and show us support and love. We appreciate y'all. I absolutely can't say how much we appreciate that. It's just and and again, prayers. Absolutely, to uh, we love you, brother. Absolutely. Um, yeah, this was a. I would say watch it one time for this movie. I would say watch it one time and uh, just yeah, you know, see how you feel about it. I mean, if you like action movies, I think you'll like it. But the movie's so long, so long. But uh, this this was fun. Uh, really want to thank everyone who listens. Really appreciate it. Uh, we just uploaded our uh, spiral instant reaction to our streaming platforms. If you want to check that out, if you haven't seen the movie already, go watch it, then listen. Uh, thank you for all the support. You go follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and go subscribe to us on YouTube. We really appreciate it. Y'all have a good one.
just want to remind everybody. Speed.